what is up art world we're back we are back i have miss art world with me how's it going what's up guys <laughs> yeah I mean, how are you doing today i'm good i'm very good awesome and we have a special guest we have kayla clunan how are you good good how are you doing doing good thanks for coming on yeah thanks for having me yeah it, this is exciting because um we run in similar in like the same art circle here in la um so i've, I've seen your work a couple times um i you were at the 825 gallery with ryan Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you do both performance art as well as mixed media, paint, collage, everything, right? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I dabble in a lot of uh, different mediums. Nice. What's your favorite? <sighs> My favorite? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, oh God, I don't know if I can necessarily pick a favorite. I feel like they all have... No, you have uh, to. <laughs> <laughs> necessary for this show. Don't let Lisa peer pressure you into giving you an answer. What? I'm hitting my stride, guys. All right, all right, good. Well, I feel like if I had to, if I was told, you can only do one thing forever. Yeah, for the rest of your life, yeah. For the rest of my life, uh, it would probably be painting. Okay. Like, you know, mixed media painting. Nice. Not? uh, It's a need for me. Like, it's it's sort of a... uh, 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 traumatic outlet mm-hmm. like a, a kind of a you know uh, in that way it helps me to sort of deal with my own shit so yeah. even when I do other work other kinds of work like I still I'm still painting yeah I'm still always painting so. that's awesome I like it did you start off as a painter originally and then moved more into like the performance pieces that you do well it, it's actually kind of strange I have like a a a very sporadic history. Um, I actually started, uh, as far as creativity goes, like I started in music. I played uh, for about six years uh, from elementary school to high school uh, concert flute. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and my, my family's very musically inclined. I, nobody, nobody pursued it as a full-time career. I'm the first one in the family to try to be a creative for real. Um, but... Uh, that, so I, I was really engaged in that, uh, and I kind of had a falling out in, in high school with the director, and uh, just kind of quit on the spot, and the only space that they could fill me in for the class slot was of creative photography class. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and at that point, I had been doing a lot of narrative writing as well, kind of on the side, um, and I started this photography class, and I worked in black and white film, so I was very grateful to have a dark room and get to experiment with that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, I actually initially started college as a photography major um, until I figured out that it's pretty much all just commercial marketing crap, and <laughs> I was like more interested in working with my hands and working with materials. So I, I chose painting as a major because they told me I could do whatever I wanted as long as I could explain why I was doing it. <laughs> and it just kind of said, that sounds like the open-ended thing I need, you know, like, open exploration. That's incredible that, like, the fight with your flute teacher ended up you going into this class, and then that's kind of where it went from there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love those so- stories that, like, if this didn't happen... Who knows what you would be doing now? Oh yeah, I mean it's like dominoes. You never <laughs> every little decision too. It's 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 weird how that happens. You never know what something is going to end up being later. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's been my experience with LA too. Is like, you know, people that I met the first year I moved out here are like people who are calling me back for 
like projects to be involved in and i'm like sure yeah you're cool yeah <laughs> you know like so it, it happens naturally i feel like if you put yourself out there uh genuinely that yeah, the stuff will come with come to you i guess uh, in a way where'd you move from i moved from south florida Oh, <laughs> so I'm um, coast to coast, very long way. All of my family is actually on the East Coast. I am the only one out here. What brought you out here? Um, well, uh, I initially came out here with uh, an, an ex partner of mine who's a film guy, um, and and I was pretty much told. I mean, coming out of school as a painting major, I was told, you know, if you want to do this for real, like you got to go to either New York or LA. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, even at the time. I was looking at New York and thinking, oh, I don't know about New York. Yeah, it's really far I, from it's, the coast. Oh God, it's just so intense. I mean, like, I, I've visited there a few times, and I always felt like it was so overwhelming and so, like, competitive and cutthroat. And uh, and so when I came to L.A., I, uh, I did initially have a little of that effect. Like, <laughs> I was here for about a, a year just struggling with like oh my god there's so much going on there's so many people there's so much because it can really bring you down if you're not prepared for it and I was grew up in a you know mostly in a small town in South Florida so I was like whoa there's big buildings and so many people and there's buses and trains and cars and you know so that was still like a shock to me uh, off the bat. Um, Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the projects that you're working on now. Um, So I know you mainly from uh, your performance at 825, Mm -hmm. and you did another performance, and you also had your paintings in the Shoebox Projects. Yes, yeah, I did a a residency at Shoebox Projects LA, which is at the Brewery Artist Lofts. great little space run by Christine Schumacher. Uh, she's an incredible woman. Got a lot going on. She's an artist. She runs like a, an artist PR firm, an online art magazine. Uh, and then Shoebox Projects is the little gallery that's in her space. Um, and so I had that space for three weeks and I was doing, uh, I was working on a bunch of uh, physical stuff. So a lot of like mixed media work, painting, I've been working with a lot of fabrics and doing sewing and kind of experimenting with different ways of showing things and hanging things. And uh, and then I also did a performance as part of the uh, reception for that, too. So it's kind of like my first opportunity to have a real space that I could work in that I'm dedicated to. I mean, I've always worked out of my apartment uh, and I've oftentimes found myself in pretty small studio apartment spaces sharing mm-hmm. with another person and so that can be a little tough. So that was the first time I could just really spread out and kind of make a huge mess. And, uh, and uh, it's, uh, it was a very crowded show. I, mm. I was talking with people about it at the opening because um, there was somebody who asked me, like, so much work, you know, why did you decide to show all this stuff? Because I sort of hung it like very intense salon style where everything was sort of cramped up and and it kind of made me realize I was like you know it sort of reminds me of my childhood in a way like I grew up I mean I grew up in South Florida and one of the things about Florida is hurricanes (laughs) and so so you know a lot of people like to uh, say things about hoarders and you know oh hoarders are so bad all this crap or whatever but I feel like Florida Floridians are hoarders because of hurricanes Um, (laughs) partly because of hurricanes because you know you want to have food 
Because okay. if you don't have yeah. your your stocked food, like who knows, the electricity goes out and you don't have food and you can't yeah. get to the grocery store and they don't have water, you better got you better have some water in the garage, Dang. you know, that you've saved. Some and then toilet uh, paper. Oh yeah. Good, yeah. Stocks and stocks, <laughs> batteries. We used to have just piles of random batteries just waiting, you know, flashlights and stuff. <laughs> just just, just laying. Just in case. But al- but also uh um like lower middle class like bordering on poverty like there is this uh sense of it's very difficult to get rid of stuff when you know you can't afford to buy it later and you know i I think that's what people don't think about with hoarding is like yeah like maybe you can throw away a bunch of stuff to clear up your life because you can afford to buy later but somebody who can't afford to buy later might be like "Mm, i might use this Mm -hmm. and if i throw it away now i don't have the 25 dollars to buy it later or whatever the hell it is that Mm -hmm. it costs so i was kind of like i feel like i was channeling a little bit of that claustrophobia of my childhood you know because that was my room you know posters on every inch of the wall and and collected all this crap so i had like seashells and rocks and dragon sculptures and weird little bits of things like everywhere in my room and that was kind of our house you know we just collected things and held on to things and you know you wore the shirt until it ripped in half you know Mm -hmm. like yeah so uh yeah for me it was kind of about that like creating that claustrophobia yeah do you have an overarching concept behind most of your work or when you do different projects do they have a different concept that comes out of it well, uh, conceptual-wise, I would say uh, um, the performances are the first time that I've really set out with a, a more specific idea of what I want to do. Um, and since uh, when I started doing performances, I was doing a lot of stuff like uh, kind of out in the desert with friends, and it was a little more intimate and quiet and you know not really being announced. And since I've been starting to be in gallery spaces in LA I've run into this thing where it's like people want to know what it is you're doing and they want to know why you're doing it they want to know exactly what it is and so you know having to write out that artist statement and really think about like why you're using materials has kind of got me in that self-analyzing headspace so for performance I definitely think very critically of every element as being part of the story Um, but I've also just noticed over the time that I've worked on you know my painted work that it's kind of like an ongoing cyclical thing like it really is it it's reminiscent of uh, trauma from my life and you know just personal experiences things I've seen objects colors uh, shapes I'm really interested in this idea of like uh, of humanity essentially of like human inconsistencies like I'm all about uh, this idea of unstructured play where you kind of allow yourself to just explore and play with materials and sort of see what they do and 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 be in that moment of of, uh, kind of having fun and maybe not having a means to an end and you know and then kind of develops out of that so so it's very autobiographical in that way. So, do you are you looking at um, other artists or like children's artwork when you um, are thinking about creating? Well, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't really look at children's artwork, um, but I do hate it when people say things like "my child could do that" because uh, in addition to 
trying to be insulting to the artists, it also is incredibly insulting to their children. Mm -hmm. Like, do you just not value things that come from children? Like, are they they not important? Like, that kind of irks me a little bit. Like, I don't know what you mean by this. This is like doubly insulting to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like you're just mean. What's going on here? I. I look at, God, I look at a lot of art on my phone, which is terrible. I've for since I've been on social media, I feel like uh, I have to give myself boundaries sometimes because I get a little overly obsessed with looking at stuff. Um, but uh, an artist I've been looking at since uh, my last year in college is a woman named Lauren Luloff, who's a New York City artist. And uh, she does a lot of, she's very ins- inspired by textiles. So she does a lot of like fabric dyeing and um, she's done a lot of really interesting installs where she plays with uh, the the stretcher of the painting, which is the wooden structure it uh, hangs on and kind of playing around with sewing and different things like adding painting to uh, fabrics and stuff. And so I've, I've, that's kind of been something I've mused on for a long time. I mean, like sewing for me has been very important. I remember it, it's funny because I actually I learned how to sew because my mom did not like my mom is like really anti a lot of sort of stuff like she didn't like sewing <laughs> she didn't like cooking oh, like, man. yeah so, so like I I cooked for all uh, for me and my two brothers and her for since I was like 13 14 like I was the cook of the house and dang uh, yeah that's impressive yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was that was kind of an interesting thing so my mom was a single mom three kids um, and so I learned to sew consequently, uh, in middle school where they had this weird, like they had like a free period where you were allowed to go and you know, they had little activities that you could go and do. So there was like, Oh, you could go play soccer. Oh, you could go whatever, do this and that and the other thing. And, uh, I decided to sit in a room with a lovely old lady and learn how to sew. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good but, choice. Yeah. It was like one of my weird things that I was like, this is what I want to do yeah. in my free period. Yeah. I don't want to go play basketball with the kids outside. I want to like, yeah, I want to learn how to sew. So, um, I learned like a few simple stitches mm-hmm. and I still, I do everything from hand, uh, which can be exhausting yeah that takes time yeah it's uh it's definitely time consuming i've done some projects that have absolutely crippled my fingers for like weeks at a time just because of that consistency of sewing and stabbing myself yeah oh man Um, what's uh one of those projects oh i uh i did my first performance in la actually was at this wonderful gallery called studio c gallery and it was at the Santa Fe Art Colony. It's unfortunately no longer there because uh, the woman who started it, uh, Peggy, Peggy Nichols, um, she got priced out. Like they, there was like developers that bought the building. It was pretty much like one of the oldest artist uh, living working spaces mm-hmm. in LA. It was a historic building and uh it was bought out by developers. I guess like it, the contract or whatever that was funding it had run out, Damn. and they just sold it to these guys who, yeah. and the and the property was kind of divided where like half of it was rent controlled and half of it wasn't mm-hmm. as far as property lines go. And so she, they just, I mean, they were going to raise her rent like sixty percent or something. Wow. And she said, "I'm going to New Mexico." Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, so it was it was this awesome awesome uh, female female artists gallery so uh it was part of this show called uh uh, 
feminine sensuality. Uh, and so I did this piece that's called Sanitary Satisfaction, uh, where I constructed a, an entire full bodysuit out of sanitary masks, like the little blue, like, fabric oh, sanitary okay. masks with the, like, yeah. <laughs> so I proposed... I, I don't know why, I thought you were going to say out of pads. <laughs> I was too, I was like, this will be interesting. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> maybe, maybe something in the future. Well, I, I, it was my first time ever, um, it was my first time in LA doing something in a gallery. Oh, wow. Like, um, I lived for a little bit in Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, where I, I did a couple performances in a gallery Is that where there. Dolly Parton's from? Ye, somewhere around Tennessee? Sorry. No, no, yeah. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> I think so. I think so, yeah. Well, there's, like, a little pocket artist community there, and, like, I, I met the guy who was running this space, and so it was still, it was still within the confines of, uh-huh. like, I knew the person, and yeah. so they were like, I know you, and I like you, come yeah. be in this thing. Whereas this was, like, proposed to a complete stranger, that's a huge step. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was unnerving, but I did it. I did it anyway, and I proposed this crazy idea that involved me creating a bodysuit, yeah. <laughs> uh, which sounded so great in my head. And then when I got accepted and had like three weeks to make it, I had I spent like 50, 60 hours hand sewing. Oh this my gosh! Thing. In addition to like, I never made a piece of clothing in my life. Yes. <laughs> Wow. So you're learning, like, <laughs> pattern making? That's rough. I knew nothing. Yeah, I knew nothing. And I'm, like, very shoddy mathematically, mm-hmm. uh, which is... <laughs> Typical I, artist. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's ironic, because my mom is an accountant. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, something went wrong there. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I had to construct this thing by hand. And, and the performance involved me destroying it. So it was like 60 hours oh, that's of always fun. this thing. Yeah. And then within, you know, five minutes, I cut it up into pieces. Uh, but I don't know. To me, it, it's like it's that additional layer. Yeah. You know, the fact that um, there's this thing that you've put a lot of work into, you know, like uh, who was it that that uh, took the who was it that was involved with Robert Rauschenberg with the erased drawings or de Kooning? Like, is it? Rauschenberg that erased de Kooning's drawings or like what was that I uh, think so and it was kind of a commentary on like you know this 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 finished pristine work and then it's essentially erased it's yeah. destroyed and and the kind of meaning that goes behind with that so I like this idea of like you're you're essentially putting like a piece of your soul and and all this time and energy into this thing that you're building and then the that ephemeral idea of just destroying yeah. it and that that's that's the piece is that you're destroying this See, thing. I'm very right. similar to you because every time I make a piece like uh, the concrete one yeah. with hair I'm like alright well let's cut this up and destroy it for a performance yeah. piece. So I agree with you there's something really powerful about spending all your time doing something and then taking away this value that we place on art to like hang up on the wall and live forever but yeah, then yeah, you absolutely. the artist am you're destroying it, and so you have this kind of weird power of destroying your own work. Didn't um, Picasso say to destroy is to create? Boom. Are you making stuff no, up? No, I'm not. No, I think that's, Dang, that's a quote. How did you know yeah, that? I'm pretty sure that that's a quote. I know art. I'm so impressed by you <laughs> every day. <laughs> I think you... I'm a big fan of just having one quote for all topics to pull out. <laughs> that was my art one. 
<laughs> 36 episodes in, I finally used it. I'm impressed. <laughs> You're like holding on to it, waiting for the first uh, You guys started talking about it, I was like, this is my time. <laughs> this Perk is the one. <laughs> no, I do like that idea, though, because uh, especially now, it's like art is, uh, it's it's almost to a level of manufacturing, you know. When it you really somebody is. Somebody like, um, you know, Coons. Damien Hurst or, yeah, or Jeff Coons, you know, where everything is just. Uh, fabric literally fabricated mm-hmm. in a, like a warehouse laboratory whatever it is and by their assistance by their assistance yeah. you know and it's like and then you get into the whole uh, debacle of like oh what is who is it the artist because they had the idea or is it yeah, conceptual rights <laughs> yeah and it's, Craftsmanship. Like, it's really confusing yeah we can thank andy warhol for, for that <laughs> thank structure. you andy yeah thanks andy come <laughs> thanks, on and man <laughs> trying to make a statement creating a whole nother thing he's probably like looking down like <laughs> I mean, I guess they're making money. Yeah. <laughs> dollar dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> I, I like to believe that that was like his his core thoughts, where that he was like, I'm I'm just trying to say that artists should be making money. Like mm-hmm. I like to believe that's what he was thinking that he wasn't yeah. just a maniac. But. <laughs> <laughs> it' hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. Toss up. Uh, yeah. uh, well, so you have a project called. The Morton Salt Children's Religious Revival. Say it five times fast. I know. I'm luckily I said it the right way. I think. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, we refer to it as. uh, You can tell her if if she said it wrong. So long. (laughs) (laughs) Can you talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, I gotta say, I mean, out of out of everything that's happened to me in LA, this this uh, organization has was the beginning for me to like come out of my shell and uh, in particular for my performance art I mean it is the reason why I was finally able to come out and say I am a performance artist this is something I do Mm -hmm. Um, and so Morton Salt Children's Religious Revival is uh, this group annual trip uh, that was started by my very good friend Myriad Slitz um, and uh, uh, co-hosted by Marissa Lynn um, and Daniel Guzman, all really incredible people, incredible artists, musicians, um, performance artists, uh, photographers, you know, they, they're, they're all over. It's great. Um, but they started this uh, event, I guess you could call it. Uh, it's, it just had its 12th year. Wow. So uh, the original idea from Myriad was to do it for 10 years. Um, and then after that 10th year, she was pretty much like, well, I mean, I still want to keep doing this. I just, I want to like give up some of my responsibilities Mm -hmm. to some other people so that I'm not bogged down by it, but it's still kept going another couple of years and, uh, hopefully verbatim into the future. Uh, but it's basically, it was predicated on this idea of like getting out of the city and the sort of like. Uh, of being in the city and also like being around judging eyes and mm-hmm. like critiques and you know that kind of hardcore people always telling you what's good and what's not good and you know just kind of bringing you down so it was it, it was crafted as an escape from that sort of critical eye and and uh, myriad is actually from palm springs so she grew up in this area around uh, the salton sea which is where we go out to um yeah, the Salton Sea has, like, a pretty incredible story on its own. <laughs> like, you should definitely look it up if you haven't heard of it. 
Uh, it's a weird man-made salt lake mm-hmm. out in the middle of the desert. <laughs> it's pretty wild. And how do you how do you make a man-made salt lake? God, I don't even. It, it's that's that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, like I'll, I'll you gotta, have to, you gotta uh, look up. Uh, there's a documentary. Just, the can Google. Imagine like Catherine, me, the as Google, an being like, "Hey, I want." I'm proposing <laughs> to create a man-made salt and then just lake. bringing like so much salt and like. So the giant hoses that will stretch yes. all the way out to the middle of the desert. <laughs> and then, a like, how many people would be mad at you for like making the water there um, salty, right? Or did they bring the water to you? I'm so confused. It was kind of like over the over the course of time that it became more solidic because yeah. of uh, the fact that it the water kept evaporating, and then all the salt and sediments would just stay because it didn't have any outlets. Uh, but there's a there's a documentary. I, be, I believe it's actually John Waters who narrates it. Uh, it's pretty phenomenal. We I, we watched it uh, uh, before the last trip, and uh, it was pretty funny because uh, you know they're they're in that documentary. They're interviewing a lot of people from the area because it's over like you know uh, near all we we take it all the way out to Nyland as far as the trip goes but over in the Salton Sea and those areas there it's like there's people living there you know and yeah. they're they're living in this crazy like like almost a pop post-apocalyptic environment because the, the the way that the Salt Lake essentially uh, exists it, it just perpetuates all these environmental issues that are going on with it like uh, annually all of the fish will die and wash up onto the shore just thousands and thousands like the entire shore of the salton sea is just made up of dead fish bones it is the most phenomenal thing. so gross it's so gross but it's so beautiful too it's the most bizarre thing i've ever seen i mean i i grew up in like in the swamps so Mm -hmm. you know i come from humidity lots of mosquitoes and you know like all that kind of mucky stuff so the desert already was like such a whoa! Yeah. What the desert? It's so dry. The sun's so bright. Huh? I'm thirsty. I'm so thirsty. <laughs> so, uh, but but yeah, it started as like uh, we're gonna get out of the city mm-hmm. and we're just gonna go make some art with some friends and I'm gonna show everybody these areas that I used to go to as a kid around yeah. the Salton Sea, you know. And, and it just developed over time of like, oh, here's another location we can add to our list, another location we can add to our list of all these, like, abandoned buildings and, like, these weird, like, like we go to um, um, this place we call the Mud Pots, which is, like, a, it's, it's pretty much underground volcanic activity that's happening. And there's this area where you can go where there's, like, little mounds that have formed from just, you know, the the clay bubbling up from underneath and you know and it's just this cool like natural (laughs) happening thing and so that's like one of the locations that we go to we've had people do stuff where they've like covered themselves in the clay and like did different performances of that we've definitely had people do things with like dead fish on uh on the salton seashore like i did a piece where i uh i 
uh, called Lethal Nurturing, where I, I had like a, a fake pregnant belly and I was serving dead fish uh, at the table. Oh my god. And so, you know, it's like all these little locations elicit these ideas, like we go to a space that we call the brothel, which at one point in time historically was a brothel, and it's just dilapidated ruins now, but that kind of has yeah. sparked the, you know, the ideas that go along with it. And, um, and it's kind of loose, it's loosely based around, uh, kind of like this pseudo cultish idea of like worshiping the Morton Salt girl. Mm-hmm. So we always wear blue and yellow. I like love the that. Synonymous thing. Yeah. It's, it's, we look like quite the crew walking yeah. through the desert and all in yellow and blue. And, uh, Marissa Lynn, um, who has also been around since the beginning is uh, very good friends with Myriad has, dedicated she's so dedicated the entire 12 years she has done work like a body of work about this like she essentially does like kind of like religious rituals that are inserting you know like instead of some sort of uh godly creature it's like it's like worshiping art and like allowing like allowing art to give us the ability to express our uh the, the ideas that we have and so it's kind of like put together in that way and and uh very inspiring and everything so it's like you know everybody kind of comes with different ideas some people do stuff related to the topic some people do whatever it is but the idea is that it's a fostering community of artists yeah. that are just like you can do whatever you want as long as you don't keep us for more than an hour yeah because <laughs> um, it's hot out here it sounds know? like it's just a great creative hub us oh, it's wonderful it's wonderful yeah. i mean it's it's been they have absolutely been my LA family and that's awesome I, mean, I like my first uh, couple of years here were really rough and that kind of I really see that as like something that saved my life of, yeah. like getting me out of the city and like reminding me that there are there are good people in the world mm-hmm. you know I'm not because you know, I, I work in food service as my day job and so that can be kind of tough yeah sometimes you know see like the worst side of mean. people before they have caffeine Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's oof, that can be really rough. So that's me every morning. That's me every morning. Too. <laughs> I literally can't talk to you if I don't have. It's true. Coffee. She doesn't. Um. So we're wrapping up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I have a burning question, but do you have any other questions? I I do want to ask um you about your collaboration. Oh yeah, but yes. then I still have a question too. So okay, this isn't your last one. Do you want to ask you no. for it? Okay. Collaboration. Yeah. With uh, Tony Gangitawi? Gangitano. Gang, gang, Is he gang, Italian? Gangitano. I don't know. I haven't met him. You guys, I have this. <laughs> I'm going I'm to disclose something here. Whenever I don't know how to say something, I just go Italian. It's, uh, it's an I issue. I like that strategy. It's like, it's like Gangitano. <laughs> I think that might be racist. <laughs> Ding a oh I'm Christ. Italian, though. <laughs> you're oh, Italian? Then. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're fine, then. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> then you're fine. <laughs> I'm going to get kicked off this podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Tony, the tone man. So, Tony. So... <laughs> Uh, I've I'm in my second year with uh, the Los Angeles Art Association. Wow, uh, only your second? Only my really? second. I feel like you've yeah. been. Uh, maybe you're just so active that I feel like you have been 
yeah, I've around been, longer. I've, yeah. Like, shockingly been in a lot of shows. You've um, been in a lot. Which I'm absolutely grateful for. I mean, it's kept me going mm-hmm. so hard. Because there's like, some people that don't get into any shows, and then they're, like, super mad. And, and then there's like, a lot of people that just don't even apply. Yeah. Like, I remember uh, uh, the director, Peter, telling me at one point, like, yeah, I mean, some people are just members, and they just stay members. Yeah. They're not even really involved. They just want to hang on to that community in mm-hmm. case they need it. And I'm like, hmm, works yeah. for me. Works but for I'm here, too. They so, get the money. Yeah, yeah. I'm here, so I want to be involved in as much as I can. Yeah. But, so... Gallery 825, they put out a call for, uh, I don't know if it's annual or if it's just something they haven't done in a while, but they call it the Versus Exhibition, uh, which is where they gather everyone who's committed to this idea of uh, collaborating with another artist randomly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> which is yeah. so scary. Yeah, which is, yeah. Um, I but I mean, it. yeah, it's <laughs> really, and, and I, and I, I, would, I can't wait to talk to other people about it because so far I've only talked to one other person about their experience of it. Um, but needless to say, I got paired with uh, this lovely gentleman who lives in San Diego. And I live in Highland Park, which is probably the farthest from San Diego, except maybe if I was in the valley. Yeah. Um, so that was that was shocking right off the bat. So we kind of went back and forth in email, like, oh, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to still do it? And we FaceTimed and kind of chatted about it. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Why not? You know, we kind of came up with uh, this uh, bizarre idea that was combining. Um, I mean, he's, he's definitely very mixed media, but he does a lot of uh, sculptural stuff. But like a lot of like um, found object sort of mixed media sculpture, um, and so we came up with this crazy uh, interdisciplinary performance piece where he's been working on all this big sculptural stuff, and I kind of built this exterior structure that I'm going to have fabric over, and so I'm going to do this performance with painting on the fabric and kind of cutting into it and different things, uh, and. Uh, so we've been entirely communicating via like phone and FaceTime wow. and email. Like we haven't met yet, and we're yeah. gonna meet the day of install. So Dang. that'll be very. He's still like, driving up. That's to exciting. This truck. Yeah, so I'm pretty stoked about it, and um, it's a uh, it's actually a piece uh, in response to the immig- immigrant concentration camps, um, mm-hmm. which is a really heavy topic. Um, I typically will do pretty exclusively work about myself and my own life, you know, like I said before, autobiographical, uh, in a way, because I, I feel like I know a lot about it, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, I know myself, and so I'm <laughs> discovering myself, and that's kind of part of, like, here is my discoveries of myself. I hope you can relate to them with your things that are similar, and we yeah. can be in that dialogue of, like, oh my god, I've also had those experiences. Thank god I'm not the only one, you know, that kind of... Yeah. So this is definitely a little outside of uh, what I would normally do, but we were kind of back and forth about you know wanting to wanting to work on something that's heavy in a social statement, um, and so we settled we settled on that, um, and uh, so it's been really intense, um, just kind of uh, figuring out how to how to present that heavy material. Um, I think the reason why I've continued to do the performance is because it there's there's something about communicating in that 
physical time-based way that I feel like engages with the audience in a way that I've never experienced before with something hanging on the wall, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and I mean, the painting I have to do, like personally mm-hmm. and, and mentally, like it is something that is like, uh, you know, a way for me to just sort of get things out. And, you know, I absolutely love to share those and, and talk about those as well. But performance for me is so direct I mean, uh, you know, performance is essentially it's communication with the world. It is it is straight on, like it's head on, and it's time based. And I love this idea of, <clears throat> I mean, with anything with live performance of any kind, it's like you're there, you're stuck. There's <laughs> the time that this is yeah. gonna be. You're supposed to be quiet. <laughs> you're not supposed to be on your phones or whatever it is, you know. And you got to pay attention, you know. And and I like this idea of sort of capturing people in a moment and uh, kind of insisting that they become aware of their body and like the the real like instantaneous moment that they're existing in and so I played around with that in in the way of like a a majority of my performances are silent uh, with no interaction with the audience at all uh, doing like often extremely intimate things uh, just as as if I am alone yeah (laughs) And so I've been playing with this voyeur idea of like the audience, you know, because it's like you you look at somebody and they look at you and you look away. Oh, I wasn't looking at them. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like you're not allowed to look, you're mm-hmm. not allowed to stare. And so I like to play with this idea. So a lot of done a lot of stuff with mirrors, you know, where people can see me looking at myself, and this idea of like you're being invited to look, even though it seems like a situation where somebody would normally tell you not to look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I like I like playing around with that, you know, making people feel uh, like they're allowed to explore, they're allowed to look at something, mm-hmm. maybe allowed to touch something. I've played with some uh, at, at the performance you saw at A Two Five, the show you were at with me, uh, Second Skin. Uh, I had a room with things set up that people could touch, mm-hmm. you know, and I had like a sign that was like, you know, interact with anything except me, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I won't interact with you. Yeah. You can touch anything in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do like, and I want to explore that idea more too. Like in addition to the, the time base, it's like one of the things that I'm interested in with installation is, is that you're allowing people to touch things, you know, mm-hmm. you go into a museum and you can't, you're not yeah. allowed to touch anything. You're not even allowed to get like a couple feet from something. Yeah. Like how can you experience uh, 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 Mark Rothko appropriately if you can't get close enough to it to see the field of color and all of yeah. your vision? Like mm-hmm. there's a rope in front of me, <laughs> you know? And so I've always kind of statically against that idea yeah. to try to like, invite people to do things that maybe they're not really allowed to do yeah. mm-hmm. like a little little rebel that's little, great <laughs> little like that. yeah. is that the performance that you tore up your diploma yes was yes, that your actual diploma that was my actual diploma. dang we had we, is, we had discussed it after like is, in our office i was like, I was like no she, she photocopied it and Catherine was like no it was for sure her real one yeah she's an artist that was my real diploma <laughs> we had some fake stuff I know we brought it back to our office, and I think our whole office. Oh, yeah, was everyone was talking about it. Uh, whether that was like your real one, yeah. and then we would because we had a few of our coworkers go to that show too, and they actually mm-hmm. uh, really responded to your words. Yeah, mm-hmm. they really did. They liked the fact that they could interact and touch and read. 
and, well, and one of, one of our coworkers is um has been working really hard for her uh degree and mm. so seeing you tear it up was like like gut-wrenching to her <laughs> like oh, she it. had such a reaction to it mm-hmm. yeah oh, that's great that's that's you know <laughs> but that's the kind that's of what you stuff. want though that's what i want yeah. yeah i mean i've had people um you know with the performance i did at studio c like you know, I essentially cut myself out of this outfit, and then I just had not like I had a like a bodysuit yeah. guitar on. I was very exposed. Yeah, and, and the the piece was about exposure. Mm-hmm. It was about being comfortable with yourself. And yeah, you know, it, it's like, and somebody came up to me afterwards and it pretty it said some really heartfelt things to me about how it made her feel like she could be more comfortable with herself mm-hmm. and expose herself more. And you know, just those kind of moments, like. That's what makes it worth it to me when I yeah. when I know that I've uh, related to somebody in some way. You mm-hmm. know, like I had a piece where I read actually from my personal journal uh, from a period of an extremely low point in my life, and like at the end of the performance, there was just straight dead pin drop silence for like thirty seconds at least, yeah. and then somebody was like, "It felt like you were reading from my diary," yeah. and then the whole room like erupted, like, "Yeah, oh my god, I'm so glad that that yeah. doesn't just happen to me." And you know, this conversation start because we get awesome. in our heads, yeah, for you know? sure. We get in our heads, and we think, you know, it's like there's uh, there's this quote that I I still have not been able to find the author of, which is uh, at least I might know. Insecurity <laughs> is the illusion that this is only happening to you, mm-hmm. and yep. and you know it's like it's true. We get in our heads and we we feel like oh my god, I'm the only one. I'm the only one that feels these things. I'm the only one that's going through all this horrible stuff. And and you know uh, I feel like I feel like it's helpful to learn that other people are going through those yeah. things too. At least for me, like. There is a sense of relief of like, whew, god damn. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm glad I'm not the only one going through this. We can all like share, like shared trauma kind of thing, yeah. like uh, heal together. So, Was that your That's question? Awesome. That it you? was. Oh. Yeah. That was a good question. I know. Um, so if people are trying to find you, where would they find you? Where would they find me? Uh, probably the best place to find me is actually on Instagram. Cause it's a com- just, that's a common answer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's the thing <laughs> it's that a good I update one. most. Yeah, it's exactly. I feel like the website's more professional. Well, so you can find like, your website from your Instagram. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, like, you know, the website's kind of expected everything to be more curated. Mm-hmm. Whereas, mm-hmm. I like, Instagram is like, ha-ha, hanging out, doing yeah. stuff, you know. <laughs> so what's your um, handle? It's uh, it's K Clunan Art. So K-C-L-O-O-N-A-N. And then art, A-R-T. Perfect. And we'll tag you. Yes. Cool. All right. Thanks for being Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate it. So it's an honor. Awesome. Good stuff. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.